Hi everybody, Mike Wardrock from Encounter Church here, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Welcome to Intern Sunday. Um, just a little bit of background. We, we have an internship program at Encounter and we, we absolutely love it. It is for people who just put up their hand to say, you know what, uh, I, I want to give a day of my week for a full year to just learn more about Jesus, to grow in my faith. It, it is a pretty high cost. Like it's a full day a week, like nine to four basically for a full year. But what we see throughout that is this incredible time of growth. And again and again, people get to sort of the three-month, six-month mark, and they start looking back and they go, whoa, look how far I've come. And we are amazingly proud of the growth we see of our interns. And uh, tonight we are so privileged to have two of our interns currently doing our internship program here, Alora and Katie, preaching the Word of God tonight. Uh, first up, um, in a moment, I'm, I'm just going to welcome Alora, but just, just, a, just a bit about Alora. She pretty much put her hand up for internship as soon as she started coming to the church, which I just love that passion. And she's just a woman of great faith and conviction. And I, I love the, you will love Alora's faith if you don't already know her and you haven't already seen the way she lives her life and lives out her life through the eyes of faith. You are going to absolutely love it. So church, can we just stand and honour Alora as she comes and brings the Word of God tonight? One Peter one, verses three to nine. <clears throat> Blessed be the God our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, even though for now, for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which, though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him. And you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy, because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, I'm Alora. Um, I first come, started coming to Encounter about 16 months ago, thanks to my beautiful brother, Harry. Um, <laughs> and I did that thing that I know so many of you can relate here today, where you come once just to try it out, and then you just, don't, just can't stop coming back. <laughs> Um, and as Mike said, I very quickly joined internship as well. So I dove right in and it's been a wild journey and I've loved getting to know you all. And <laughs> I'm pregnant, emotional <laughs> and breathless. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be preaching today on the rewards of faith. Um, when choosing my preaching topic, I reflected back on the past 18 months of life and I am still just so blown away by how Jesus has transformed my life for the better, um, even though life looks completely different to what I ever envisioned. 
This transformation started when I truly learned to follow Jesus and intentionally live out his will for my life instead of my own. You see, I was born and raised a Christian and I've always had a really nice, peaceful and easy relationship with Jesus. Growing up, I had a, <clears throat> I had a loving family and friends and throughout my 20s, I married a great man, I travelled, began an exciting career, started my own business <laughs> and indulged in avocado brunches, partying and the gym. It was a work hard, play hard lifestyle and I completely lived out my Fitzbo hustler dreams. And to be honest, life had always worked out pretty good. Oops. But then in March 2020, COVID hit. Ugh. I don't know what my computer's doing. There we go. I lost my dream job. My business lost clients. I went through a period of unemployment, then re-employment in an awful environment where my confidence was completely shattered, then unemployment again. My husband and I were also living with my parents while we were house hunting, which was now out of the picture. So it was a lot of change all at once and nothing fell in my control. It was the first time in my life at 28 years old that I felt completely lost. So I pressed into Jesus. I told him I didn't know what I wanted to do or what I should be doing to get my life back on track. I told him I didn't want to make decisions on my own anymore. I asked him for his direction and his purpose for my life. And almost instantly this light bulb went off and I realised how unfulfilling my life had been. Everything, my career focus, how I spent my free time and who I spent most of that time with, all suddenly felt so selfish and meaningless. I was driven by financial, career and lifestyle goals with my relationship with Jesus a bonus on the side for when I needed to pick me up. It was then that I truly decided to stop living for myself. <clears throat> I wanted to live a purposeful, God-driven life with Jesus at the centre. So I made a pact with God not to make any decisions without running them by him first. It turns out you need to be very careful when you make a pact <laughs> with God <laughs> and be prepared for things to work out very differently than what you expected. There have been four pretty significant decisions that I, in consultation with Jesus, have made over the past 18 months that have hugely changed my lifestyle and the direction of my life. Firstly, I ended up taking a job as an executive assistant over pursuing a career in tourism marketing. Secondly, I started attending church, um, which also led to a year of internship, which also led to my husband and I hosting a life group in our home every week. Woo, Tuesday night's brothel, if anyone wants to come. <laughs> Thirdly, I liquidated my business. And finally, I stopped pursuing unhealthy friendships. Now, these might not sound like huge decisions initially, but none of these were easy choices for me. In making these choices, I had to make huge sacrifices to my ego, my free time, my career goals, my finances, my routine, and my comforts. When you look at it that way, none of these things sound like rewards or blessings. In fact, from a worldly view, I seemingly have less. And I can guarantee you that I wouldn't have made any of these choices had I based them off of my own cultural and worldly understanding of what was important in life. But Jesus has used these choices to humble me and to help me really reevaluate what is important. In these choices, God has rewarded me with peace and joy and space and strength to breathe and heal, both personally and in my relationship with others. He has taught me more about love and faithfulness than I ever realised existed before. But these rewards aren't really the type of rewards we naturally seek or strive for in life. 
They're certainly very different to the types of rewards and measures of success I used to strive for, or that the world tells us we should strive for. So why does my life have more meaning and more purpose and more fulfilment now than it did before? So in today's teaching text, which is not on the screen, so if you want to follow along, 1 Peter 1, 3 to 9, um, it's to, it starts with, blessed be the God and Father, because God is the blesser. He is Jireh. He is enough. The salvation we receive in Christ is alone. The salvation we receive in Christ is alone the biggest blessing we could ever receive. When we go from being a believer, from an, being an unbeliever to a believer, or like in my story, from living a life with God on the side compared to living a life with God at the centre, we are given a new birth into a living hope. A new life that is better than our old one. As Pastor Mike says, we go from being dead to being alive. We find an unexplainable peace and joy and meaning and fulfilment, even if from the world's perspective we have less, because it's in Jesus' resurrection that we truly find ourselves and our value. When we invite Jesus into our hearts, we are promised an imperishable inheritance. This is our ultimate blessing, but it's not the only blessing. God doesn't want us to wait until our last breath to reward us for our faith. The scripture tells us that we are guarded by God's power through faith. Faith in itself is a blessing. Faith builds us up to be more like Jesus, to embody the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. When we truly have faith, we will truly experience the gifts of these spiritual fruits, even when life doesn't work out as we planned. And more than this, we will rejoice in his plans. Even if for a short time, if necessary, we suffer grief in various trials, the passage is very clear that not everyone will suffer and not everyone will suffer equally. But it's no secret that Christians at times will suffer. Jesus, the most perfect Christian in the world, suffered. And we as a church this week have stood by and supported people within our community who are in the midst of enormous trials and suffering, much bigger than any trials that I've ever had to face. But although I have made a conscious decision to be faithful and obedient to God this year, and I am lucky enough to have already seen some of the blessings of that, it doesn't mean that these past 18 months have always been easy. While I love my job, and I'm so grateful for the blessings I've received from it, I've had a lot of negative self-talk about being just an EA. I went from being my own CEO to now being the assistant to a CEO. And that certainly wasn't what I had planned for my life when I got a $30,000 university debt. And while I'm so proud of my ex-business partner who has continued to thrive in her own business, I've had moments where I'm completely jealous of her as she's furthered her education, grown a successful business and continued to go to lavish work parties and social events. While attending church and becoming an intern have been two of the best decisions I've ever made, I've had to make huge sacrifices to my free time to choose developing my relationship with Jesus over developing my education or business. And in letting go of unhealthy friendships, I've really struggled with friendship loss and moments of loneliness and rejection. None of these feelings are nice to have. Being faithful and obedient to God doesn't mean life will always be easy or always make sense. But when we continue to trust in him, when we continue to have faith and continue to obey him, the proven character of our faith will result in praise, glory and honour to our King. Why is this important? 
because developing our character to be more like Jesus is far better, better than achieving our career, financial, fitspo, hustler dreams. I know knowing the love of Jesus is the greatest gift we could ever receive. It makes us rejoice with an inexpressible and glorious joy, one that does not make sense to the outside world and one that often can't be explained. When drafting this sermon with Mike, he asked me how my blessings now are different from my blessings before, and I honestly couldn't really put my finger on it. I had a great life before, and I have a great life now. I had freedom before, and I have freedom now. I seemingly have less now than I had before. It doesn't make sense to the practical mind to be happy in losing. But as Jesus says in Matthew 10, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We have to lose ourselves to place ourselves in the center of God's will and to discover something deeper. I've always had a great relationship with Jesus, but my old relationship with Jesus was my asking him to bless the plans I had for my life. Whereas now, and I can't say that I always get this right, but now I ask Jesus, what do you want me to do? I know that you will bless me. So sure, we can go on living our lives the way we want to, and maybe it will work out okay, and God will still protect and provide for us, and we will still receive our salvation, the ultimate reward for our faith. We'll still get to live eternally in heaven with our Lord Jesus and Saviour. Or we can start living our lives the way God wants us to, and experience a life that is full of love and joy and peace and community. A life that is realer and deeper and better than any life we could have made for ourselves, even if it looks different to what we expected because the rewards of genuine faith are innumerable, and that's a hard word to say. (laughs) A genuine faith is more valuable than gold and promises us a better life than we could ever build for ourselves. So in closing today, I want to leave you with a challenge. Are you simply asking God to bless the decisions you have for your life? Or are you living your life for Jesus and trusting that he will bless you? Thank you. Um, wow. Sorry. I'm not used to talking up here. I'm much used to being a little further up, singing, band behind me, other people with me, so bear with me. Um, for those who don't know me, um, I do serve on worship. I serve on kids, and I've been helping out behind the scenes with HOSPO. Um, so I've really dug myself deep here at church. I am a newlywed. Um, <laughs> um, I'm also a newly qualified high school teacher. <laughs> um, and I've been working in after school care, um, which is the little ones. Little ones. Um, so I wanted to draw on my experience working in primary school and tell you all a little story. Just to start. Um, of an unlikely hero who defeats a giant. So, David, he's the youngest in his family. He has seven older brothers. He's a shepherd and he looks after all his family's sheep. And sometimes he even has to fight off lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! (laughs) All that David had is a slingshot and some rocks because that's all that was around. While David looked after his family's sheep, his big brothers went off to the war to fight against the Philistines. 
They were a part of God's army. One day, David's father asked him to go to the battle and take some food to his brothers and see how they're going. So David went to the battle. When David arrived, he heard a big, loud voice. I defy the ranks of Israel. Send me a man so we can fight. Sorry, I didn't want to yell that into the mic. Um, (laughs) David wondered, who's that? He asked around a little bit too. The man yelling at Israel was Goliath, and he was a giant, like seven feet tall. I can't reach that. He had a full armour, and as you can imagine, very intimidating. Saul, who was king, heard that David was asking around about Goliath. When David met Saul, he said, don't let anyone be discouraged by him. Your servant, me, will go and fight this Philistine. Your servant has been tending his father's sheep, whether a lion or a bear, Cain, carried off a lamb from the flock. I went after it. I struck it down and rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down and kill it. Your servant, yep, your servant has killed lions and bears. This Philistine will be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So David went out to a nearby stream, chose five smooth stones. He went to the front of the battle lines and faced up to Goliath. Goliath saw David and said, how dare you come and face me? Am I a dog that you come against me with sticks? David replied, you come against me with weapons, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of armies. Today the Lord will hand you over to me and I will strike you down. David pulled out one stone, slung it at the Philistine. The stone hit Goliath right in the middle of his forehead. And with one hit, Goliath was dead. David had triumphed for the army of Israel. God's army. So why is this the story that I'm choosing to tell you today? A lot of you may have heard it if you've grown up in church. This story is one of the clearest examples of God equipping his people for the future. Back in 2020, God put this story on my heart and now I know why. 2021 and 22 have been years of equipping from God for me. I can look back now and see how God has grown me. He has equipped me for what I can now see, my future, and he has protected me in all of this. When God equips us, he is working through us to prepare our skills. For David, this was fighting off lions and bears to protect his sheep. And all he had was his trusty slingshot and some rocks. But, and being a shepherd isn't the world's most glamorous job. You're out in the cold, you're exposed to the elements, but this is the job that David had. And this is where God worked with him, an unexpected practical skills to fight off Goliath. David knew how to use a slingshot. David knew the types of stones to use. That's what he used to to defeat Goliath. But what about David's faithfulness? Fighting a giant seems absolutely impossible. How did David find the courage to face him? 
this is something David had to practice as well. David knew God was his protector. But while he waited in the field, he had to trust God and to do his own inner work to prepare his spirit for Goliath. What can we learn from this and how do we apply it to our lives? Take a moment, I'll give you time, think about a small challenge in your life. This might take you a while to pinpoint, but and it could be something that you now see as completely insignificant. Think about where God was in it. If you're like me and grew up in church, this is gonna be easier. But it doesn't mean God isn't with everyone, because he is. Think about little moments that you can reflect on and see God in. Now think about your life here and now. What are your challenges? Where do you see God in those challenges? God uses small challenges to build us for the big challenges. He builds a foundation for us to build onto. What does this mean for us? And what can we learn from David? I'm gonna give you three questions, three dot points if you're taking notes, that we need to ask ourselves to give God room to equip us with skills we need for the future. One, do you trust God now? The now for David was being in the field, being out in the cold, in the natural elements, rain, storm. I don't think he would have been too excited with this job. I know I wouldn't, but we know he trusted God. In the Bible, right before the story of David and Goliath, we meet David and we learn that he's anointed through Samuel. David was anointed to rule one day, one day to be king over Israel. The key, one day, not right in that moment. So often we want our one days to happen right away. We live in an instant age. TikTok, pop-up ads, fast food, these are the things that surround us. But how much better are things when we wait for them? So much happens to our spirits in the waiting. This is where God builds builds our skills. I know that waiting is difficult. I am currently right at the edge of a season of waiting. The past year, I have moved out of home, completed my uni study, began internship, gotten married, started a new casual job. I'm now looking for a job with my degree. And this is the final moments of my waiting season. I'm still not at the end. Even with all these major moments happening, I have always felt a sense of waiting. At the beginning of this season, I was single. I had two more years of study to complete. No reason to be looking out of home at all. <laughs> at this point of the, at that point of the waiting season, it was looking very dark, very dark tunnel, not knowing when I would get out of it. Just a lot of unknown. I didn't know if I would complete my degree. I didn't feel like I was growing in my faith and I wasn't building any new friendships with people. So what did I do, right? 2020, 2020 I pressed into God. I found a new church home, one that challenges and grows my faith. I began serving on team, using my, spirit, my gifts to bless this church. I began internship where I've grown in spiritual practices I've taken time to spend time with God, pray, read the Bible fast, Sabbath. 
these things seem really, really small. But A, I'm up here. Um, <laughs> I'm comfortable praying out loud, which I wasn't at the start of all this. I actually read my Bible, shocking. Um, I know the connection between the Old Testament and the New, and where to see Jesus in it. I'm not saying you have to do internship as much as it's worked for me, but all you have to do is start. Take that first step and going, I'm gonna do this. It takes time to build habits, but if you begin with just one, you start to see growth. And then you can have two, three, and you see even more growth. These are building into your daily rhythms. This is exactly what David did. While out in the field, he wrote poems and songs, which we can now see and read in the Psalms. And these weren't always of praise, often lament and sorrow. David also wrote Psalms of praise in his lament. In Psalm 13, he begins it by saying, how Lord will you forget me forever? And it finishes, I will sing of the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. All in the same chapter. Even through David's trials, he's able to trust God and praise him. So, number two, will you choose to press in even when we can't see or don't know what God is doing? Pressing in looks like us preparing our skills and continuing to learn. This also looks like us using our knowledge of God to press into our spiritual disciplines. Reading our Bible, journaling, praying, worship, being a regular part of our church community. It all seems so simple and that's why they work. Little by little, we build our faith in God, getting to know him and we find it easier and easier to trust him. We build on the foundation that God has given us to build a magnificent house, brick by brick, with our spiritual disciplines. It's hard to build these disciplines. Even in internship, as Mike said before, you don't see the growth right away. It takes like six months and someone else pointing it out to you and like really hardly pointing it out to you. But this is not just something that we do in our spiritual lives. But we do this with things like learning an instrument, building your fitness. There is time that takes to see the change that you want. But when you do, it's huge. This is what spiritual practices do for our faith. We can't always see our own growth, but we can always work towards it. But then why? Why should we prepare our spirits? What are we preparing for? For the one day to come, which is my last point. When that day comes, are you going to rise up in battle? Are you going to seize the moment? David didn't run from Goliath. That's what was expected of him. That's what others did. But David took his skills from God. He trusted in God. He had worked for and took on Goliath head first, fought and won. David trusted God as his equipper, but David also trusted God as his protector. In verse 47, David says that the Lord's battle 
the battle is the Lord's and he will protect us. God can do all of the work in equipping you, but you are the one that needs to take step out in his hand of protection and fight that giant. David knew God, protected him in the sheep field, in the small things. So David knew God could trust him on the battlefield. Sheep field to battlefield. What are the giants that you need to trust God with? If you feel you are alone in your struggle, I promise you, you are not. Do you have a person that you need to forgive? A deceptive lie that you need to bring truth into? An addiction to break? God has already equipped you for this battle and he will protect you. David knew struggle. He knew it. But he chose to praise God in the battles. Can you do the same? Church, God is our equipper and protector for the battles we face. We need to work with him to be equipped for those challenges and trust God to protect us in all things. What's God equipping you for? Where are you struggling in the one day? What work is God doing in you right now? And can you step out like David? Let's pray. God, we know you are our equipper, a protector. You are by our side in all our battles. You have your protective hand over our lives. Lord, help us to press in, build those spiritual practices that we need and build relationship with you. We love you, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you were able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We would love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to financially support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.